G'day! Welcome to On Minis Games. Hello and welcome to episode 10 of On Minis Games. It's been a little while, but we're back in the saddle uh, for 2018. My name's Giles Pritchard, and, and I'm me. Quentin Sung. <laughs> it's good. It's a little bit rusty on this one, I think. That's all good. We'll, we'll find our uh, we'll find our stride later on. So this episode's really going to be really talking, doing an update. Really, it's been six months, I think, since our last episode. Just a little while, not long at all. And then the episode, I think that episode came, and there'd been a, a reasonable break between it and, and the one before it as well. So just a, just a little bit. Life, uh, reality, unfortunately, means you can't do things that you actually really want to do. We got to we got to that's one of the key goals for uh, 2018 is to work on our on work on our schedule for on minis games hopefully we'll hit something of a, a better stride this year hopefully so this episode is going to be basically a bit of a, a catch up and a hobby update talking about the things that we've been playing and the things that we've been doing uh, since our last episode and then next episode we might get into a bit of a look forward and where we're going to go and the plan of what we hope to achieve this year with, with the podcast, with the podcast, and I think also with with our hobby hobbying in general, because I think the last six months have been a bit of a they've been stifled a bit on the hobbying front for a lot of us, yeah, for, been, for both of us. Been a blur. But hopefully, we can moving forward. 2018's a new year, and we'll um, get some serious hobbying done. <laughs> maybe. Always the dream. Um, all right. So some of the things that we're implying lately. Yeah. Um, did you want to kick this one off, Quinn? Oh, I can. Um. I suppose well, only recently, um, in terms of what I've been playing, is getting Infinity back on the table. I think we had a session just in later in or towards the end of 2017 where we had about had four people, five people around. Yeah, five. Yeah, four and or five. Yeah. Two tables going, so we had two games each, which was a lot of fun. And I managed to get a game the other night finally on on my new table, which we'll put some photos up. Looks Shortly. pretty spectacular. It's not finished yet, but it's getting there. Yeah, no, actually doing something with it. That's uh, it looks phenomenal. It's got all the LED lights in the buildings. It's well, uh, not quite yet. The, the 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 first photos will be no lights, and then when I finally figure out how to do the wiring and not burn the LEDs out with the wrong voltage, we'll do the rest of the lights. <laughs> well, what's been done so far looks uh, looks phenomenal. So yeah, they're really good. Um, really good terrain pieces easy to use um they're from a company called battle kiwi over in new zealand um and they pre-paint all the all the uh, buildings in a white which makes it so easy because anyone who's used mdf knows it's a bit of a pain to undercoat Mm. soaks up a heap of paint and then getting it all from there so they're actually pretty easy and they put a mask over it so you can just peel off areas that you want to paint and you've already got a masking in place, so it's not don't have to be that quite that careful with it. So yeah, most of it's done. I think about ninety percent of the buildings are done, um, and I've got enough for probably. I think once it's finished, it'll be close to eight foot nearly if yeah. I really wanted to. Yeah, it looks pretty phenomenal, and you got yeah, all the buses and cars. Yeah, buses and, and cars. We need a few more buses. Street lights and not quite street lights yet. <laughs> I can't figure can't figure out how to wire that through the neoprene mat. Yeah. I might, I'm sure you'd be able to get like little standard street lights, like yeah, HO probably. scale from a train, you know, something along those lines. Even if it's got like a button battery in the bottom or something like that. Maybe I could just talk to the guy every Battle Kiwi. 
That'd be the go. I need some street lights. Can you work some up for me? Mm. I reckon that might be an idea. Even if it came in two halves and you had the yeah. and and you got the LED, which was a, a length of wire with the LED at one end, yep. the button battery at the other end. Button battery goes in the base of it. Light goes up top, and then you just clip the MDF around the wire yeah. so you don't see it. Well, a lot of his stuff is it's all kit work, so you could easily do the. I mean, if they're a bit bulky, they'll probably be a bit bulkier, but who cares? Yeah, no, it looked good. Well, who wouldn't want to play I mean, a you, night game? You know, you make it look stylish. Yeah. You know, it's science fiction-y, I mean, you know. Well, and the the plan is, I think, once I get all the LEDs done for a bit of fun, we'll play a night game where mm-hmm. we actually turn the lights off, and if anyone's played Infinity, you have all your line of sight issues. Where normally. dice go? <laughs> <laughs> but if you actually can't see the model because it's too dark, well, too bad. You're it's... using that laser pointer, not the line of sight. No. You're using that to illuminate the board. It's dark there. Oh, no, that'd be awesome. I, uh, I for one, am up for a night game. That would be fantastic. I think it'd just be fun, just to, just interesting. I, I don't know about you. When we when we played it back at the end of 2017 and we had those couple of games, it was like I had to learn that whole game over again. It was, yeah. You know, it's, one of those, it's one of those games with so many little nuances and things like there that. Is. I got caught short with a few things. Well, when I played, when I played um, the other night with... Or the afternoon with Ryan, one of our regular mates who we game particularly Infinity with. We had normally we wouldn't refer to the rule book that much, but mm. we were constantly referring, looking up rules on the on the wiki because it had been that long since we both played. And I play pretty. My lists tend to be a lot of full of shenanigans and trying to optimize the. I can't think of the word now. Synergies. Yeah, the, the synergies between my units. So you're looking for all these different little ways that the rules work together. So we we actually ran out of time. Didn't finish the game mm. because you're just constantly looking. But yeah, it's definitely a game that you got to play on a semi-regular basis, at least, to fully understand the rules and remember them all. Yeah, and be competitive. Yeah, you know. Um, but yeah, no, good, good, good. I'm looking forward to playing that um, a bit more. A bit, get my yeah. Eugene back on the table and get your your terrain painted up. Get my <laughs> uh, it's, no? it's put together. Well, most of it's put together. Some I've, of it's put wasn't together. Wasn't there a plan for rattle cans or something? Yeah. Like no? There, was, there, there have been a lot of plans <laughs> that involve paint. Let me tell you that now, sir, and none of them have eventuated. Plans are good. Plans are fantastic. <laughs> so, what else have you been working away on? Uh, I guess one of the things, aside from the couple of games of Infinity that we had, yep. one of the things that I bought and have been playing a little bit is a game called World of Twilight, The Chronicles of Anurel. And I'll put a, we'll put a link to all of this yeah. stuff in our show notes. Yeah. Um, it's by a little UK company, and the aesthetic of this game I just absolutely adore. So my son... You know, he's getting to that age where he's wanting to play some of the games that, you know, he sees us playing and he's wanting to, you know, get some miniatures yeah. and things like that. And I really, I, I didn't want to go and buy something for him. I wanted yep. him to make a choice about, you know, what he liked the look of. Definitely better than, yeah. if you like something, you're going to paint it and want to you're play it. You're playing elves now. Yeah. That's how it <laughs> is. Dad, I don't like them. Too bad. I read somewhere they're the weakest. Shut up. <laughs> I will not lose. Um, but no, so we had a look through and, you know, we had a look at uh, a whole bunch of Mantic figures yep. and Splintered Lights and, you know, a whole range of different companies, figures, and, you know, I was thinking, you know, playing Song of Blades and Heroes yep. um, or something along those lines. But we found this little game, um, World of Twilight, Chronicles of Anyarel, and all of the the figures are sort of anthropomorphic dinosaurs. Yep. And so you've got all these different factions and you've got these sort of dinosaurs riding these sort of lizards and yep. it just looks phenomenal. They're really, they're, 
they're, they're whimsical. I yep. wouldn't say they're cartoony, but no, they're sort no. of whimsical. Yep. Um, they're not sort of that sort of dark, serious no, no. art style that yep. you might get from a lot of miniatures games lines that are like, you know, the, yeah. the lizard men sort of stuff. But they're that sort of lighter, more sort yeah. of, you know. So, yeah, I, I, I really love the aesthetic and the designer – you know, is really active on Facebook. He does a lot of little micro Kickstarters and things yep. like that to fund new, new um, batches of models in yep. the line. So I funded, I backed one of those toward yep. the end of last year. Um, so yeah, we we played a couple of games of that. The system's really interesting. It's got this sort of, it's got a similar sort of system in a way to um, Sharp Practice with yep. initiative. You pull yep. the tokens out yeah, of the yep. bag. And um, you are, you can activate your models that way. Uh, some of the models have traits like leader yep. that let them activate other models okay. nearby yep. them. Then the different special abilities allow you to break sequence in different oh, right. ways. So yep. normally, you know, you'd sort of you would you would uh, all move, yep. um, and then when a battle stone is pulled out of the bag, then all the battles kick off. Oh, okay, that's interesting. Uh, and, and then you pull it, you know, you pull the next stone out, the next stone, oh, and another battle stone. Then all the battles kick off again. It's the end of the turn. Yep. Something so similar to that. And and in combat, you both throw stones. So yep. you have a set of stones each, and some of them uh, are attack and some of them are defense. Yep. And they're two-sided. So, you know, you, you if my um, combat value was four, yep. I might take four stones and I might choose three of them to be offensive and one of them to be defensive. Yep. Um, and the other player, their defensive, you know, is is three. They might choose all offense. They're going yep. all out to, yep. you know, and we throw the stones and and count the number that have come face up. Yep. And um and resolve it like that. So that's yeah, relatively a, simple. A, simple system. Really simple system, and it's got a l- little bit of a bluff, you know, double yeah, bluff yep. mechanic which in it, which is use? nice. Yep. Plays really quickly. Yep. It's really story based game. Yep. Um, you know, rules light and, and story heavy sort of thing. So. Good really, for kids. Yeah, great. And it's a really whimsical little game, and the models yep. are just absolutely They do stunning. look really nice. You've got, um, um, as I look over, I can see a. See them on the painting see desk. See them on the painting desk. They've been there for a while. Um, <laughs> looking very hopeful. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, they might be hopeful for a little while. They're yeah. assembled. That's, yeah. the mo- that's, that's a good and start. And based. And based. Very impressed. So, you know, um, but yeah, no, it's, it, was a, it was a really fun little, fun little yeah. game. So. Looking forward to playing Something that a bit have more. To, I'll have to give it a go sometime. Yeah, as absolutely. Well. Um, you know, my okay. son was looking up the other day actually after we came over. Yep. And he was home. He's like, oh, I want more miniatures after looking at your infinity <laughs> table. And, Not that uh, I'm corrupting him at all. <laughs> Not that he needs corruption, no, really. Fine, yeah. He's got you, but yeah, it's all good. You know, and he's he's back and he was looking up the uh, miniatures and oh, dad. I think I really want this one and this one. This one's only this many dollars. I'm like, that's pounds. <laughs> pounds are more than dollars. Quite a bit more than dollars. And then there's shipping, young man. <laughs> that's right. That usually doubles the price. Right. And then, yeah. You owe me money. You want your pocket money. So, um, so it's been a lot of fun. So, yeah, enjoyed that. That's, that's good. That's been one. Yeah. What about, what, what's, what, what's something else that's been hitting the table for you? Well... Something that came that I was a little <laughs> bit excited that... Just a little? Just a little. I think people just sort of blocked me on Messenger and on Facebook. I was like Sick a... Sick of hearing about it. ...kid in a candy store. I got a Kickstarter arrive that came in two stages. One box was 14 kilos. Yeah. And the other box was 16 kilos and they it's came... mostly cardboard and plastic. Cardboard and plastic. Um, it was a Kickstarter called Mythic Battles Pantheon um, by a company called Monolith games or they partnered with monolith games and it was another company i can never remember get the two right yeah. but anyway 
I was. It's a phenomenal game. So just the miniatures alone. Oh, they look. They look fantastic. There's 240 ish miniatures in the in the varying boxes that I got, which was the top pledge. Just a couple. Just a few. Um, all pre-assembled. More so, more impressive, I think, are the scales. Yeah. So the the scales range. So it's a 28 millimeter game, but um, so the the the. The, the background for of it is is basically um, uh, there's a, been a second war of the Titans in the in the Greek mythology. Mm. Um, gods have been killed, Titans have been killed, mankind's been completely disrupted. Cataclysmic events. Olympus has fallen. Olympus has no fallen. Gerard Butler. Yes, and, and Gerard <laughs> Butler's not there to uh, to basically wreak havoc. Um, though there is. There is Leonidas. There is Leonidas, yeah, yeah. but it's not the it's not really modelled off. Uh, it's, it's not the thong wearing. Yeah, not the, not the thong wearing, <laughs> chest out, rippled washboard stomach. Leonidas. There are a few. There are a few washboard stomachs. There are. There I've are just say, a few. Yeah. A few of the gods are a bit are, are bearing a bit. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, so that's the the background of it. So um, you have it's a twenty eight millimeter, and all your humans or they're called troops generally, and your heroes, you know, Achilles, Leonidas. Um, Heracles, they're all in 28 mil, mm. but then you have the next step up where you have your monsters. So they'll be obviously bigger because, you know, you've got the Hydra or or um, Cerberus or whatever, they're bigger. And then you go to your gods, which are about 80 mil. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say 60 to 80 mil. 60 I'd to 80 say, mil, yeah, depending on which god. Yeah. Um, and then the next step after that is the Titans, which are 110 mil up. Yeah, they're massive. So, which we haven't used yet. No. And we, we unfortunately, um, it's not going to be used for a little while, and we'll get into that in a minute. But yes, I was a little bit excited. I, I spammed Facebook. The, oh, the-, <laughs> the good thing was that when you, you got that, we played through oh, probably three to five times. I yeah, suppose, yeah. And, but we played um, the intro game. Yep. We played uh, uh, just a, a, one of the scenario games. Yep. We played. Uh, um, just a normal set them up, knock them down yeah. game. We played a three-player. No, I might be getting them confused here. We played a three-player game. Yep. We played that select your army. So yeah, we've, so played, we've sort of given almost every play mode yes. a bit of a run. It's really interesting that it, it, with the whole backing it at a certain level, so you get the core game and that's got, I think off the top of my head, about 15 scenarios in it mm. of, in, a, in a bit of an arc. And then you get all the Kickstarter stuff, which has got another set of scenarios and then you get all the expansion box and the big expansion boxes all have a set of scenarios mm. and then there was a compendium which had three campaigns in it so there's a whole heap of scenarios to play then you have the idea of the, what they call their drafting system where it's basically the, it bring, brings in that hybrid sort of style board of a board slash miniature war game where you can pick your armies against your and but you draft off against your opponents, so you're never sure what you're going to get. So it's really you have your gods laid out, yep, and then you got all your heroes and monsters and troops and things yep. like that laid out in a grid. Yep. Um, everyone picks their god first. Yep. And then you go through, and for a certain number, you get a certain number of points to pick your heroes, yep. troops, monsters, and other things that you want with you. Yep. But you're all picking from the same pool. So you're never sure, and with you get when you get the base game, there's only a certain amount of models in it, um, and a certain amount of choices, so it limits it. But when you get the the volume that with the whole backing, the and when you deal out your selection of gods and monsters, heroes, and and troops, it's all random. It can be all random, yeah. so you never know what you're going to get, and you never know 
if your opponent's going to let you get what you want to get. Yeah, I think that's the key, is looking at what can really synergize yeah. with, you know, what your... Because each of the gods has got their special abilities, yep. and those special abilities are fundamental to how you're going to win the game, either yep. aggressively or going after the Omphelos, which are basically victory points that are out on the table. Yep. You need to get them, and then you need to absorb them, yep. and both of those are separate actions. Yep. Um, and, and can only be done in certain circumstances. So it's it's a really interesting and dynamic game. It's it's and so the, you've got all this dynamicism going on, and you've got these synergies going. Huge amount of synergies with a huge amount of models and units and, and troops. And and the but surprisingly, the skill list isn't that long. No, um, the the skill list is literally half an A4 sheet, and then each god or character might have a special skill which is written on their stat card. But that's it. So a lot of it comes from a lot of the way way they, the models interact with each other. Apart from that, the game system's fairly simple. It's very fast-flowing, too. Yeah. Uh, it's card activation. I play a card and activate the model on that card. Yep. I, can, I can then key up with other cards, potentially. Yep. And there's a lot about trying to uh, dig through your deck for the cards that you want. Yep. Uh, hold the cards, you know, for when you need to use a particular model. Um, and just being able to cycle your deck, I think, is a really important, yeah, it's really important. of it. it. It's a really dynamic, interesting game. And then what about the, the dice mechanic? Well, the dice the, mechanic, yeah, the combat mechanic, when you read it initially, um, it, it seems a bit convoluted in a way. Mm. Like the rules are, I think, as well written as you could probably get them to be. And you just got to play it a couple of times. So basically the idea is that you've just got to roll equal to or greater than the, the opponent's defense. So you have an attack value, you get that number of dice, and the dice are numbered from zero or blank to five. Mm. And defense scores go anywhere from about three or four up to ten. Eight, nine, yeah, yeah. Well, ten's the highest yeah. on, a, on a Titan. So you go, well, then how am I going to get... A ten on a, with a five with a dice with a five on a maximum. Mm. What you can do is combine your dice to add plus one, and you can also re-roll dice in it. So there's two phases to the assault: a first assault and a second assault. So that mechanic of how you combine your dice when you first roll them, and then do you get to re-roll some dice to then try and do more damage to 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 be able to get to that defense of ten. Mm. But it's really Interesting mechanic. I haven't seen it in a, in a game before. No, it's a really interesting... Um, it is a really interesting mechanic. And it's quick. Once you do it a couple of times, it's actually quick. You roll your dice, you're like, yep, that, 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 that's fives, done. And what's, you know, that there's that choice whether in the first assault you keep dice to re-roll or yep. you keep them to add. Yep. And... You know, and while it may seem logical just to re-roll it, it's not always. No, you know, often you don't need to do that much damage. Yeah, or often you may want to do that one damage for an ability that you've got to cause. Or and if you're on, if you're re-rolling two dice, there's, there's a chance you're going to come up with with you know, nothing, not what you need in any case. Yeah. and so there's a really, it's a really interesting little system. And while, and I think you're right when you explained it to me, it was a little bit, you know, confusing. Yeah. Actually, when we started playing, it just I think Works. it takes about probably two or three combats, not even that, yep. to go, Broom, okay, how am I doing it? Yep. And you go, oh, that just makes sense. Yeah. Just works sim- it simply. Works. And the game moves at a really cracking sort of pace. It does. Yeah. I think the longest part about it generally with the games we were playing was when it got to someone's turn was going, you draw your card, well, what am I going to activate? And trying to plan out that sequence of moves or where you want to go or end up to achieve your objective, be that too. Because, yeah, the two ways you can win at the game is either kill your opponent's god or if you're playing against, because it can be played with up to four players, mm. gods. Yeah, or absorb. Or absorb the objective, you know, and both are viable options. And I think in the three-player game, you you played the, 
the smart move. Um, our, it was myself, Giles, and Aaron, another one of our, our regular gaming partners. And Aaron and I started beating the crap out of each other. And I ran around <laughs> and he just ran and stealing just as many old fellows as I could. And then, yeah, and then I stupidly sort of truth with Aaron when I should have just knocked him off the board and then gone after Giles. But yeah. oh, well, you know. Yeah, the choices you make. The, it was fun. It was it was good. Yeah, I enjoyed it. But it, but even in that though, it really came down to the last It did, yeah. The last couple of um activations. Activations. Yeah. Yep. So it was And getting the right cards and, and finding that right card in your deck. Yeah. Through the mechanisms it can use. But it's a I um I backed it on the models. I didn't really read the rules yep. in depth when I backed it. The models were just and the models and the artwork just drew me into it. You know, this is something, this is an interesting discussion because I know a lot of board gamers who are, you know, oh, miniatures games, you know, people just back games on Kickstarter for the miniatures, you know, whether it's a good game or a bad game. And I can understand what they're saying. What they're saying is that there are some games out there that are that are selling themselves off the back of good-looking miniatures yeah. and, they, and they cut short on the game design. Oh, yeah. And that, okay, I, I get that. Yeah. But you know what? Yeah, sometimes I do buy games based on the miniatures because I know if the game, I don't care if the game's any good. <laughs> yeah. I've got 15 games on my shelf that I can use those miniatures with. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Well, that's the thing. It's you a could... cheap way for me to get, you know, 90 miniatures. Thank you very much. Well, there's that. And it- and I suppose the other thing with this one is that they did a lot of development. So I didn't read the rules. But it was also based on a, on a previously successful yeah. game in Conan. Yeah, so they had they, the company, this is their first really, really big Kickstarter that went off. Mm. Um, but they did do Conan beforehand. And so there are, they've done something beforehand. And, and I think, the like anything with a lot of things, you, you, you follow a company when you're wargaming. We're all passionate wargamers. We look for that passion in the company that we want to go with. Mm. We look for that interaction back. And the and um, the guys who produced Mythic Battles, um, forgive me, guys, if you're listening for some weird circumstance. <laughs> if it's Monolith um, or Mythic Games, I can never remember, but you guys are great anyway. Um, there was a lot of interaction. Yeah. Um, Very active on the yeah, Kickstarter. Yeah, really active on the Kickstarter, really active on their Facebook, really active in getting out there into doing interviews with, you know, like Beasts of War and all that kind of stuff. And explaining their game, yeah, and it did evolve as the, as the time that the the stat boards evolved, um, the game slightly evolved as it went on, which is really good, I think, to show that feedback. Yeah, and I think too, you know, like, as I said, Conan came out and it had it had you know everything that I had read about it was extremely positive. Mm. The people who had backed it were very happy that it was a good game; they yep. enjoyed it, um, and so on. So. You know, the, the, at that point, the company has a pedigree. Yeah. You know, they, they've they've done it once. Yeah. Um, that that we were certainly aware of. Yeah. Um, you know, Mythic Battles looked to be that again. Yeah. Um, so you know, like I don't, yeah, you know, it, it's it's an interesting thing, but yeah, you backed it based on the on the miniatures and were pleasantly surprised. And, and the artwork too. I and think, the artwork, yeah. I think the artwork. Um, that was one of the things I got. You got as part of the higher pledges was a, a book on the artwork, mm. and the artwork's phenomenal. Mm. And they've hired some really fantastic artists to do their concept artwork on every model. Yeah. And every model has a dedicated piece of concept art. And it's yeah, beautiful. Yeah, it does look really nice. Yeah, oh, the artwork's phenomenal. phenomenal, yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it's. I was incredibly excited and now I'm depressed because I don't have my models at the moment. So, and we'll talk about that yeah, we in will. a minute. So, I... All right, so other things that have been on the table, moving away from just uh, dedicated miniatures games, yeah. we've been playing a bit of Symbarum. Um, we have. Um, well, I've missed out on a couple of sessions, unfortunately, due to... Your character's dead. 
That's all right. I've got yeah. an, I've got another super optimized one just for you. Yes, you know how I love that. Yeah, it's all about the optimization, isn't it? The way you uh, like it. Well, no? I love it. Yeah. yeah. The um, so yeah, so Simbarum is a uh, Swedish role playing game published by Jaringen or Jaringen. Uh, I'm not sure how to pronounce it in Swedish, and it is published in English by Modifius. It is a fairly rules light. Yeah. You know, sort of game. The theme and the setting are probably what I love about it the most, and the art, you know, mm. going back to the art, is very evocative. It's very dark. It's very um, mystical, mythical, yep. um, very fairy, sort of in the yeah. in the medieval well, dark age sense. Gritty. Of it, it's really know? gritty. Yeah, yeah. When we play, it's. It's you get that feeling. It's not like um, that that high fantasy that you get from D and D or anything like that. You you're there. You're in the mud. You really are. Yeah. And and it's dangerous. It is. It's it's incredibly dangerous. Well, it isn't for our our resident tank who just sort of just mashes things with oh, one hit. Oh, he nearly got crunched. Did he? Yeah. Oh, awesome. Yeah. But yeah, the you you don't feel invincible playing it, and you you have to be careful. You you, you think about your actions and your decisions. You don't just charge in. Willy nilly, generally to things, and I find the you know the 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 rules are fairly flexible and light, which is good as well. Mm. And while you can optimize your characters in it, it's not necessary. I think it's. I'll be honest. I I, I sort of struggle with this, you know. And we've talked about this before because one of the things you know D and D is great. Yeah. One of the things I'm is. not a big fan of D and D, and and GURPS was another one that was like this back in the day. Is is the degree to which people can sort of game their characters. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and for me, that I, I just I don't find a lot of enjoyment in that path. But I think, you know, I, I was thinking about this in connection with, with this game and the optimization of the characters is, and, it, and it's quite possibly this applies to the other games as well. I just, you know, it's taking a little while to come around to this way of thinking perhaps. But is, 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 is a feature. It's not, it's not a bug. No. In the sense that, you know, your, your, um, highly trained, unbelievably strong, talented, experienced warrior yep. is going to be able to plow through a group of ten well, peasants. Of course. You know, like that but I think that's too, what he's trained for. Well, I, th- I think the optimization too comes down to the DM or the GM as well as how they choose to handle that person's you know, if someone comes to your table as a DM and they bring an optimized character that is designed to do one very specific thing incredibly well I think it comes down to you to, to change that. Like I was I think we talked about it looked at creating a healer if my character mm. ever died. And they're very, very good against the the demons that are in this, or so-called demons that are in this universe, in this in this, um, setting, this setting. But that's all they can heal, and they can do the the demons. They do a lot of damage. But you send humans against them; they're about as useful as a peasant. Yeah, that's right. And that the way that you choose to present the group with challenges, I think, comes down to the way you deal with that optimization, and also the the party. Yeah, I think oh, we've for sure, yeah. we've we've sort of the party that we're playing with have sort of gone along the lines of if we want to take on a skill or something. There's got to be a reason to get it. Mm. You know, we've got to find a way to be able to get that training to be able to then advance it. And advancement is relatively slow in the game anyway. It is, yeah, yeah. It, but it's been, you know, I've, I've enjoyed a lot. Uh, enjoyed it a lot. It's uh, It's been a lot of fun and, yeah, hopefully we'll continue with a yeah. few adventures this year and, and maybe, you know, a little later on look at changing up, you know, the game or well, whatever else. Well, to continue with my passion of Mythic Battles... 
There is a role-playing game. There is a role-playing game. Well, I was thinking, like, I was looking at that, and um, oh, you've got that. You can GM that. Um, oh, do got, I have to? <laughs> no good at GMing. I'll, I'll be happy to, or Joel, or someone will, someone will GM it. Um, or there's the um, Feng Shui was the other one. Well, the Feng Shui looks good too, yeah. I think. Yeah, yeah. Watch, watch Kung Fu Hustle. We do. It's got to be that kind of music in yep. the background. I think that'd be good. I was gonna. I actually almost sent you a message today about because um, I was really flicking through the the RPG. Yeah, yeah. And there's no stats for a lot of the monsters. All oh, right. What because you- um, like Ketos, which is a giant, basically huge sea monster, basically says there's no point. Your heroes are never going to be able to kill it, and Ketos really doesn't care because yeah. the monster will literally just go from at point A to point B. It doesn't take humans into consideration. No, it's, uh, yeah. So, well, if it like, happens to like sink ants. a couple... Well, yeah. yeah, literally, that's what it is. Yeah. And it's like, this this character, there's no point in giving it stats. It should be a a thing that they should choose to defeat via an alternative means because they can't possibly kill it. I know, I like that. Um, I know some people like those stats. It always reminds me, I have um, Middle Earth role-playing game yep. up there from Iron Crown Enterprises. Um, I got uh, one of their sets of books at one stage um, you know, Lords and, and whatever of Middle-earth. Yeah. And there's stats for Melkor in there, like stats <laughs> for Sauron, you know. Like your character's like level four and he's level 501 god. And it's like, why are there stats for this? If it's got stats, we can kill it. <laughs> That's right. If it bleeds. <laughs> the, um, but oh my gosh. Anyway, so yeah, no, it was, it's been a really it, fun game. That has so. been, yeah, it's been good. All right, anything else? Well, been I think we can quickly go through. We've been playing a lot of board games. Because of our limited time lately, how busy we are, we've, we've sort of shifted into things that are a bit quicker and that usually falls to board games. Yeah. Um, quicker to set up, quicker to play and, and quicker to break down. Yeah. Um, so, we've been playing quite a few. Um, you've got a couple that you've you've yeah, uh, well, played that I actually missed out on, unfortunately. Yeah, well... Um, oh, and I played Rex, I think. Yeah, well, we played Rex. Yeah. Rex's is, Rex is, um, fantasy, always should say, is Rex... Uh, Imperium something, Rex? No, no Rex? something Rex, something of an empire or something, end of the empire. Right? Anyway, it is by Fantasy Flight Games. It's the reskin of the old Avalon Hill um, game, June. Yeah. Without June, it's set in there. Ryan uh, was very excited. Yeah, set in their Twilight Imperium <laughs> universe. So Rex is was was a really interesting game. I it was. really enjoyed it. Yeah. yeah, we only played it once though, unfortunately. We have only played it once. Yeah, but I'm looking forward to getting it back to the table. Yeah, that, that was a lot of fun. That was a lot of fun. It was, it was a tough grind to get the. You yeah, know, you've got to control a certain number of points on the board. Did we ally in the end? I can't. I think yeah, we did. We did yeah. we get ally? Yeah, we we sort of were our, our houses. Yeah, or our races were sort of ideal allies. They were. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, Ryan and Aaron weren't best pleased. (laughs) And yet they couldn't work out an alliance between them. (laughs) That's right. They couldn't agree on anything. Uh, It's their fault. Um, But, yeah, that was a lot of fun. I enjoyed that, yeah. And the other one that we played um, was XCOM. Yeah. Did you play this? I missed out on that one. All right. So this is a game you play with an app. So you have this app running, you know, and, and it runs the game for yep. you. It runs through the sequence and, you know, draw this card, aliens attack, you know. Yep. Oh, the beast is under attack. All yep. these things. And each of those, you know, you've got to do different things on the board. It's a cooperative game um, based on the, the video game series, which I've never played. But you're basically defending Earth against aliens as far yeah. as I understand it. Pretty much. That's, yeah. That's <laughs> pretty much it. It actually pretty much is of every single of every single one of them. Well, you know, it happens a lot. It's obviously the place to be. What did I see the other day? Like how, are we go- how are we going to explain to the aliens when they come to Earth, why do we keep making movies about 
killing aliens coming to Earth. <laughs> don't look at that. That's, 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 that's just don't. Don't. It's not a measure of how we might think about <laughs> an interstellar species at all. such as yourselves. No. It's fine. It's not indicative of us as a people. Stop, stop the nuclear launch. <laughs> stop just stop it. <laughs> They're friendly. Get that guy in Hawaii. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so it, it, but it's a really interesting game. I, for the longest time, any game that involved an app yep. I, I, was just a write off for me. Yeah. Right? Now, and I see to some extent I'm st- I've still got that perspective because you know I've got games up on my shelf you know that I've had for ten years or whatever else and you know I can pull them off and play them and app who knows how long that it's going to yeah, be around it's be or you know, whether, you know an emulator at some stage to run it or whatever else but you know all that by the wayside in XCOM the app works really really well in yeah. running the game and what it does is that it it induces a sense of terrified panic in the players. You know, they're they're, they're sort of hustled as the time is counting down. They've got to get everything done. How did Aaron deal with that? Uh, He did really well. Really? Yeah, yeah, he did. Really? Wow. As is known for a little bit of AP, so... Yeah. Uh, but, no, he... Uh, it, it, That's it. It serves him well most of the time because he comes out and wins yeah, like, I from, know. The, from the middle of almost. nowhere. Oh, by the way, I win. I don't know how to play this game at all to... Look, I beat you all by double your points. What the... Anyway. But, um, it yeah, it just works in this game. Mm-hmm. In, in XCOM, the app works really well. It, what it does is it makes the game feel very, very tense. Yep. You're under pressure, you're under the pump, you know, you, and you're rushed and you're not quite sure if you're making the right decisions yep. and you don't have time to map everything out sometimes. Yep. You've just got to go, you've got to pre-plan when you can yep. and then rush through when, when you, and you... just hope that your plans were all correct at the time. Yeah. Um, and but, but everything you do, every action you take costs money and you've got a budget so yep. you can't go over budget. And it's not just me that's spending budget money, it's, it's you and everybody What are you else. spending this on for? That's this it. is useless. You didn't budget for that, you fool. Um, so, I can imagine there'd be some interesting arguments over the table. It, it's been interesting. But yeah, I've really enjoyed that. That's been yep. a lot of fun. So yeah, XCOM, really good game. Yeah, I, really I, was a bit, game. I was disappointed I missed that one. but It's well worth Yeah, yeah. Ne- next time, make sure, yeah, because yep. it's a really good one. Well, what about yourself? Um, I picked up a couple of, or well, picked up, well, I'll give you the first one that we've been playing. We played mm. quite a bit, and I play with my wife um, quite a bit. Um, I picked up at the local uh, store that stocks stock some board games. It's called Steampunk Rally. Mm. Um, have, I cannot remember who it's by. Sorry, um, I terrible at remembering things like that. But it's a, it's basically a, a, it's a game where you race your opponents, but you have to build your machine, and the machines while are while you're racing. While you're racing, so the machines are built of very of cards mm. that have to be connected. Um, and each turn you can build extra bits on your machine and expand it to make it more efficient to gain forward momentum, which is the ideal goal, um, to move your, your machine around the track, your, your steampunk machine mm. um, around the track to get to the finish line. With the, the mechanic to then move yourself forward is basically a dice management game. Um, the dice are resources and you have to manage those resources to give yourself enough forward momentum to move. Um, for example, a card might say um, have three slots for dice mm. and it'll go for every three pips you get to move forward one square so you'll roll your dice um and if you've got you know seven pips come up you can put them on your on your on your card and you move forward two spaces mm. the thing about it I, I find is one thing i love about it is that 
it's not just about building your machine. Yeah. It's also about destroying your machine. Oh, very much so. Um, so, you can take damage in the machine. You can lose machine yeah. parts. You can... And some of the terrain's rough and you yeah. can damage that way. Other other times, you know... You, you there's can... cards that you can do damage to your opponent's machines. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's one card that probably the best card in the game is called Mass Ejection, where if you take enough damage in the turn... You move forward even further. You launch yourself out yeah, of the escape pod. Which is just so like a, it's evocative. Like yeah. the idea that you you're launching yourself out of it. So it's it's a really interesting game. It's once you again like a lot of games. Once you played a few times, fairly simple. But it comes down to how you manage those dice and how you move them around your machine. It's and all then about training. Yeah, it you is. Know, I'm going to do this. Which will allow, which will give me this, which yep. will give me these dice. I roll those dice. Now I'm going to spend those over here so that I can get this. Then I'm going to spend that there. Yep. Bump this up. Roll those dice. Put those over here. And then I'm going to move forward one space. And I'm going to do this. Then I'm going to move yep. forward another space by using. So, you, and, and that's the thing. You allocate the dice to each part of your machine. In and when you, yeah, in the sequence you choose. Yep. And then when you put the dice on it, you activate that piece and do what it yeah. says. And so you're trying to build a whole set of functions through your machine yep. and then use those functions in the most optimal sort of order to get you across your normal terrain your rough terrain and then, um, and there's and, and there's there's three resources there's three yeah. types of dice or four resources if you include the cogs yep. um so yeah it's a really it's, uh, it's, it's a it's, it's a fun. lot of fun yeah. it's it is a lot of fun and just watching people try to build these machines and and then try to decide what they're going to do with their cards and it's a fairly light game, I think. It is a fairly light game, but there's a lot of planning, a lot of forethought involved yep. in a turn. And and I think a lot of the time, too, it comes down, like, we're competitive, but half the time you build your machine because it looks cool. Yeah, yeah. It's like, I'm that looks awesome. I'm, I'm going to build that because yeah. that looks awesome, and that's got to go on there because sure. that looks really good. This card could be extra useful, <laughs> but I, I want arachno legs. Yes. <laughs> I want to drill on the front of my machine. It's going on. Uh, so it, it's... Um yeah, it's a, it is a really good game. A bit yeah. of fun. Yeah, so, yeah, that's picked that one up. You got a game recently yeah, over Christmas, uh, I think it was. Yeah, it was over Christmas. So we got uh, got a couple of games for the family over Christmas. Um, my son and I just finished reading uh, Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone. Yep. And I had heard a few good things about the... Um, game Harry Potter Hogwarts Battle, yep. um, which is a sort of card drafting game. Yep. And so went and got that. You know, I thought my son might be in- interested in that because he loved the uh, loved the book, and we're reading Chamber of Secrets at the moment. So we we played through that. It's really you know I I was I was unsure as to how it would go. Yep. Usually games that have got a big IP like that, yep. you know, I, I wasn't um, knowledgeable about the publisher. You know, you treat with a grain of salt because yeah. more often than not, the game is merely so-so. So, um, I wasn't expecting a hell of a lot, but the, it was a, it's a really good, fun card drafting game. Yeah. You know, you start with your deck of 10 cards, um, very reminiscent of Dominion or any other card drafting yeah. game out there. You start with your, your, your deck of 10 cards, you're trying to get, you know, um, spell points, Basically, to cause damage to yep. the the enemy, you're also trying to get um, money, which with which you you know use to purchase spells from the the Hogwarts area, yep. and you know or, or things from the Hogwarts area cards to add to your deck, and and it's just got a really dynamic, interesting game to yeah. it. And what I like about it is the game sort of comes packaged almost like a legacy game. Inside the box, you open it up, you got the board and you've, um, all the, the different bits and bobs that you need. But you've also got seven boxes. Oh, really? You know, numbered, you know, um, game one. 
game two, game three, all the way through to game seven. Yep. And each of those boxes is uh, is dealing with the the cards and the things like that are, are relevant to the book in the oh, series. Wow. So book one, obviously, a philosopher's stone. Yep. Um. So you know the the locations in that are relevant to the Philosopher's Stone. Oh, yeah. You know, there's the Mirror of Erised and Diagon Alley and so the robbery at Gringotts yep. and then the Mirror of Erised when Harry meets Quirrell at the end. Yep. Spoilers. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, if you, you haven't read, read it by book, now... I'm sorry, but you, it's your own fault. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's it just works really well. And then each game adds new rules. Yep. Makes the game harder, more complex. Um, you know, so at the beginning of the game, it's really simple. Yep. Um, as the game progresses, more mechanics are layered in. The so game becomes more difficult. Grow it as the like, like the well, the idea with the books anyway was to grow as the as the reader base got older and older yeah, and older yeah. to grow with the books. And I think the idea is to play through the campaign. We yep. can play a campaign where you play from game one through to game seven. Yeah. Um, it just it works really really wow, well. That's so interesting. yeah, it's good. Sounds yeah. like it was well thought, like something a bit different. It was, well yeah, yeah. I was, I was really pleasantly surprised, and my son has loved it. We played yep. it a whole bunch, so oh, good, yeah, it's That's been awesome. good. All right, what about yourself? Um, another one I picked up, which um, is, uh, I think, one of the uh, a classic game, not a classic game, but fantastic reviews was Terraforming Mars. Yeah, I, it, was it was a modern classic. It's yeah. certainly the, the talk of the town when yeah. it came out, and, yeah. and the expansion more recently. Yeah, and I've got to pick that one up actually. Um, so yeah, I picked it up again at the local place that holds the board games, and. Um, Played it a few times, um, uh, both in the group, and it's got a single player mode, which I really enjoy. When I'm like with my work, I sometimes get downtime where I don't actually have to do anything, which is nice. It sounds tough. It's so hard. <laughs> so I take it the into times work. You, gotta, you do actually have to do things, make up for it though, don't? Yeah, you? the times where I actually have to work, I usually have to work pretty hard sometimes. But <laughs> not a anyway, let's not get into that. Yeah. Um, anyway, I can play it. So the single player mode's really interesting. It's a basically a race against time. And that's a bit of a challenge as well. So, but the the game system it's really fun. Basically, you you take on a company and you have to terraform Mars. You have to increase the heat, increase the oxygen level, and build oceans. Um, and you do that through varying means of varying resources. So you can generate heat as a resource. You can generate forests as a resource or vegetation, which can then plant forests, which create oxygen. Mm. And then you can also you and throughout the game you have cards that allow you to do certain things. So it might be place some oceans or gain more resources to build more things. It's a really fun game. It's a it's little a, bit yeah. complicated to get into sometimes, um, I mean, to it, start off with. The, the way I describe it is that, is that you sort of you start to tweak one thing and everything moves. It's yeah. a little bit like a, a piece of machinery. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of cogs and wheels and you've got to sort of get them all working together. Yeah. Um, it's, a sl- it's, a, it's one of those games that's very slow to start off. Mm. And then once it starts moving, it gets this momentum where the, the last few turns of the game are really fast. Yes, like things yeah. happen all at once. So, yeah, it's an interesting resource management card game, I suppose you could call it almost. Yeah. But, yeah, I've enjoyed that a lot. I've played it a couple of t- once with my wife as well. Yep. We're starting to sort of try to get those board games when the kids go to bed, trying to play a board game together. So, nice. Um, yeah, she had the, the look she gets that's I'm understanding, but... I'm trying to process all this information. We think everyone gets when they're first oh, it's the first game. time I played it. I think it's the first half of the game. <laughs> that's how I felt. It's um, yeah. And Aaron just went. I don't know what I'm doing. Oh look, I won. I won. <laughs> God damn it! Uh, every time. Yep. Um. So and what? So you go on. Yeah. So that was a really good one. 
Yeah, I was very happy with that purchase. Awesome the expansion. So hopefully soon. Yeah, yeah, sounds good. So the other one that we played or that you, and that you got, you played through a few solo games. Yeah, I as played well. a few solo games. Did we? We didn't get through a full one, did we? No, we played. Mo- yeah. I think it was most of the scenario. Yeah. Uh, so it was a game that a, a very small game that I kickstarted. Um, it just came up on the feed. It was called Combat Infantry, and it's a a World War Two setting um, based around base, uh, the idea of uh, infantry companies, mm. the combat level at, at an infantry company level. And, yeah, basically it's a block game, so you have your units are all on blocks, but it's the, it's the game where you don't know what your opponent has. So the blocks are only one-sided. Your opponent can only see the backsides of your blocks. Um, and, yeah, you, you only reveal them when you actually attack or get attacked. Mm. Oh, sorry, no, when you only attack, basically, is the, is the main reason. So, if you get attacked, your opponent still doesn't see because they don't know what they're shooting at. So, it comes with a whole heap of scenarios. Um, the rules, I don't like to be mean about board games, but the rule book was a very convoluted rule book, unfortunately. It took a while to it's read. It's an old-style rule book. Yeah. It's a sort of, um, you know, rule 3.24. Oh, yeah. Do you and, know what I mean? It's, it, and and it, it didn't follow a logical order. Yeah. It it. It did a bit here and a bit there, and so it took a bit for me to work through it. But once I worked through it, the rules make sense. Yeah. It's just trying to work through those rules. Um, I think if you're experienced too with um, – it, it's by Columbia Games. Yes, and, it is, yeah. Um, you know, they're, they're – people who play, you know, any of the Columbia Games mm. games will, you know, be you know pick this up pretty quickly yeah. because it's that same style of block war game that they're yep. well known for. Yeah. But it, I found it to be a really interesting – that the command – System, mechanism, yeah. the command system that was that that, that um, through which you activate. Yeah, so basically, is really interesting. The idea, and they've tried to recreate the idea of, and it could be done at any level. Like, it doesn't mm. have to be World War Two, but the idea that when you have people on a battlefield, they're controlled by their superior officers, like mm. commanders in their platoon or commanders in their company. And the way that you activate units is you actually have platoon command squads that you've got to put down to activate those platoons and if you don't have them in command range you it's a random whether you know it's a, usually about a 50 50 chance whether that squad will do anything yeah so that optimization about where you place your and it encourages you to keep all your squads from that platoon together so that you can then activate them and move them and and, and utilize them and then you have a company command squad above that that can activate battalion assets that it has and so ensuring that you maintain that coherency, which was what would have happened in real life, mm. to maintain an effective fighting unit, I think is really interesting. Encourage. It's nice to be encouraged to keep things together. Yeah, and it, it was just it was a really interesting game. Yeah, it was yeah, a bit, I of, bit it. of fun. Yeah, we'll have to get it back to the table again on the list. Yeah, on the list. Yeah, yeah along with it, the, everything. The, else. the list covers an entire wall. That's uh, right. Yeah. <laughs> So, um, on the hobby front, Quint, you've been fairly busy organising and doing a fair few things. So, well, do you want to th- go through? Yeah, sure. Um, I'll do that quickly. So, um, the big thing like for me doing personally, actually doing some hobby stuff, mm. is my Infinity Table. Um, so, I've got a whole heap of... I've literally got... If you go to Battle Kiwi, I've got every single one of their buildings. I've got multiple pieces of their scatter terrain. So, it's a is huge it, board. BattleKiwi.net or .com? Oh, BattleKiwi.com, I think it is. We'll but we can the post link a link up. Notes, yeah. um, the, the guys are really helpful. I had a few issues with the models, like they weren't cut properly. Not a problem. Send out a replacement. Mm. Um, usually, they just ask for a photo so they can figure out where it's messed up in there because it's all laser cut. Yeah. Not an issue with that kind of thing. So, that's fantastic. Really receptive company. But yeah, so I've just spent my past two months nearly painting bits and pieces and sections of this to put it all together. And it's pretty much mostly done now, um, the buildings. Yeah, so we've got a whole heap of buildings, objective rooms, 
Cars. Cars from, I got them from Antinocity's workshop and um, buses from MicroArt Studio. The buses are phenomenal. I love those buses. The, the, the acrylic plates yeah. with the, with the, um, the art Bus backing, roots, yeah. Yeah, they, look, Fantastic. they look awesome, yeah. So buses from from yeah MicroArt Studio, which I'll probably get a couple more, and a couple of cars from MicroArt yeah, Studio yeah. just to fill out the streets to make it look like a proper streetscape. Yeah, so I got this comes. It's got a nightclub. It has a command tower. It's got all this awesome looks, terrain. Looks phenomenal. Um, yeah. So it's nearly done. So we'll post up some pictures of. I played a game on it recently. Yeah. And hopefully, once it's all done, we'll we'll post up a picture of that. So that's been the big one that I've done with like actually hobby, hobby at home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the other probably big thing is with Mythic Battles. So, one is I'm, I'm getting that professionally painted. Um, the miniatures, A, I don't have the time and I don't really, I want them to be painted really nicely. They're mm. such beautiful models. Um, they've done a phenomenal job in casting these in plastic, these beautiful, beautiful casts. Yeah, yeah. So, I'm sending them over to a place over in Poland called Jolly Roger Painting Studio um, who do a whole work for a whole heap of different miniature. They, they'll paint anything, literally. So they're going over hopefully soon. Yep. The first box to be painted. And then I the reason why I don't have any of my miniatures for Mythic Battles is they've all gone down to a company called Knights of Dice down in Melbourne, Australia. Um, for those who are overseas. Yep. Not Melbourne. There's a Melbourne somewhere else in the world, I'm sure. There probably is, yeah. I think there is. Multiple. <laughs> probably. <laughs> in Australia. And in other dimensions if you, as well. If you couldn't figure out from the accents. Yeah, we're Australian. We're Australian. Um, Mate. <laughs> Mate. So, yeah, a, a company called Knights of Dice down in Melbourne run by a guy called Viv, who's a lovely guy who custom cuts foam. So, he's going to... This is for storage. For storage. Images, yeah. um, the boxes just, while they're beautiful boxes, they're just too big. And, and, the, I, and the vacuum seal plastic, you know, once you have them painted and sealed yeah, and things like that, very, if you're popping them in and out of vacuum seal plastic, you're going to scrape and rubs. bend and things yeah. like that. So, you want it stored nicely. Yeah. So, he's in the process of... He's got all the models and mm. he's measuring them all up for me. So, and if anyone who's listening... We'll do a bit of a plug for him because he's a lovely guy. He's very helpful. Um, if anyone has a Mythic Battles set and you want some foam, he'll have all the measurements for all the models. Yeah. In ev- all the Kickstarter, every model in the Kickstarter. So, you just hit him up at Knights of Dice, send him a message on Facebook and go, Viv, I need a set including these boxes. Yeah. Because it, it just, yeah, it, they are really nice miniatures. They are. Yeah, yeah. They are beautiful. Yeah. No, it sounds excellent. And how about yourself? You've got some uh, hobby stuff you've been doing? Yeah, not real. I haven't really... You know, well, it's I, still hobby. I mean, yeah, it still I, classifies, I think. I set myself the goal of doing a whole bunch of painting and a whole bunch of modelling and none of that really eventuated. I did get a bunch of my Kings of War miniatures assembled. Yep. For a mix of... Uh, Ridiculous. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, I got a trebuchet from Gripping Beast and it... I. I had a look online for 28 mil scale trebuchets and I wasn't happy. Most of the well, trebuchets are designed to fit on the miniature bases and they look they look pathetic. It's not a trebuchet. It's, it's not a trebuchet. It's, no. It's not. No. It wasn't. Uh, so I found a trebuchet that looked like it could do the job. It was um, actually the the disappointing part was you didn't actually model it to work. No, I, I, and you know I could have. I think you should have. I should have. The, the mod- threat. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> I actually will do this. Um, I will pull this pin. <laughs> the um, so yeah, this thing probably stands what probably about twenty to twenty five centimeters tall. Yep. Um, I think the base is about 20 centimetres by nearly 30 centimetres. 
Can we point out here the base it's supposed to be on is <laughs> thirty mil? Is it thirty? No, it's fifty, 50 by fifty. Yeah, fifty mil by 50, 50, mil. fifty mil by fifty mil. So it's huge. Not two hundred mil by three hundred <laughs> mil. <laughs> Slightly larger than the standard base size, yeah. but it looks the part. It looks, it looks the like, part. okay. It looks like a trebuchet. It looks like a trebuchet. Yes. And um, the other things, I, I got a bombard from Perry Miniatures. Yep. And again, it looks the part. Now, yeah. this, this one, the frontage is more appropriate. Yes. But the, the length of that base is about 20 centimetres. Which is not going to hinder you at all playing things <laughs> No. But that's not the point. No, it's not. It looks the part. It does look the part. So I put together a whole bunch of stuff for Kings of War, a mixer of, um, of Perry miniatures and uh, Deus Vault miniatures by... Fireforge Games. Fireforge Games, yeah. So they, they look really nice. I'm really happy with those. And the really from September onwards, I spent pretty much most nights um, writing for either the Infinity role-playing game line or the Star Trek game line, mostly yeah. Infinity. And so that was pretty much that was I, I just I had no hobby time because yeah. I you know had um, so many commitments um, in that regard, which I love doing. Yeah, um, the um, you did say yes to it all too. Yeah, that's right. Well, you know, and I think I said this on my blog too. At one point, I said yes to a whole bunch of jobs. And we knew, everybody, you know, the yep. editors and that knew that the schedule was going to be really tight. Yeah. And one of the reasons I did that was to really push myself to see yeah. how much I could write in a month and, or you know, what feasibly I could do in a, in a, in a week or what yep. I could feasibly do in a day or what I could feasibly do in a month. And, you know, it, it ended up being about, I think it was about 55,000 words or 60,000, close to... 65,000 words, I think. And it was, a, you know, I really, and, and it ended up being in, in about three weeks because it yep. didn't start until about a weekend. But it was, it was really quite stressful. Yep. You know, and I'm not saying that in, an, in a negative way because, you know, but it was really interesting. It was really interesting to sort of push myself and to see what yep. I could produce, what, what, what I was capable of doing. Yep. Um, now, I'm not going to, Go and try and do you know fifty thousand words in a month anytime soon. Yeah, but I've got a much better idea on what I'm comfortable in writing. Yeah, and what I can push myself to write if I have to. Well, you can manage your time better. If yeah, you know what you're able to do, and you can manage right. your time a lot better. And, and the thing is, you know, and and it wasn't about you know being half-assed and just pumping yeah. out. It just doesn't work if you try and do that. You know, I don't. It doesn't work for me. I. I but it, you know, it just. You know, it was it was a really interesting process for me yeah. personally. So, you know, I, I was um, really happy with the results from that. I'm really happy that I was able to, to, yeah. to do that. Um, and it was a really interesting experience. Now, having said that, I'm not rushing to repeat it, but... It was it, an interesting experience. It was. A, was it completely enjoyable and stress free? Uh, no, it was. No. I love doing it. Don't get me wrong, and, yeah. and I really love doing the work. And I'm glad that I did it because I know myself better now yeah. as a writer than I did before. So. Um, no, it was really good, but yeah. So my a lot of my you know you, you got a finite number of hours in the yeah. in the day, and um, and so you know my hobby time is usually in the evenings. Yep. After the kids are in bed and all that sort of stuff, and I just had to pretty well write almost you know every every night. every night. Yeah, just pretty much seven days a week for that three weeks. So that's me. Um, busy, but yeah, busy. what was that? Busy, busy. Yeah, it was busy, but it was you know as I said so. For from September to the end of the year, there was I, I had quite a bit of writing yeah. done. I, I got quite a bit of writing done, I should say. So yeah, I I, I, know I absolutely have loved doing it because it, you know ever since um, halfway through high school, I was writing role playing games and yeah. 
and settings and inflicting them on my friends and so on. So, um, it's really nice to be able to do that, you know, now in a, in a more professional capacity. Yeah. So yeah, it's good. No, good. But yeah, so that's basically been that. That's everything I think. I think that's everything up to date to now. Excellent. Um, uh, we'll try and come back next time and talk about this coming year. Yeah. Goals. With the plans. The plans. The plans that won't survive contact with the enemy. No, that's they might. They might. Plans. Yeah, that's right. First time for everything. So, yeah, until next time, this has been On Minis Games. Uh, I'm Giles Pritchard. And I'm Quinton Sung. And uh, we'll see you next time. You've been listening to On Minis Games. On Minis Games is licensed under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives 3.0 Unported License. Oh.